We've been in a series of messages called Culture Shift. And as we look around at our culture, I would say we need a shift. What do you think? I mean, as we uh, see what's happening around us, it's really easy for us to get discouraged about what is happening within our community and, and societies where it seems like the culture is that of attack rather than help. It's one that has caused more division than has caused unity. Uh, it seems that it comes from a place where making sure that we get what we want for ourselves and our agenda instead of being people who are servants of the other person to help them gain what it is that they need. And when we see a shift towards self-centeredness, it destroys a community. It destroys a society. And we need a shift. We've learned that cultures change not because of uh, circumstances that happen, some big event that may take place. It happens as a shift in our reaction to those things that happen. It's our influence. It's how we respond to the big moments of life, how we respond to the pressures of life, or how we respond to other people just in our interactions with people who are around us. There are many ways in which we can look at this. We understand that because people change a culture, it's our influence that changes the culture. And we learn specifically about that. And we learn that our influence is dependent upon who we are as people. So our character has an, an impact on our influence. Our integrity leads us to be the type of influencers that we are. We learned a lot about that as well. Today we're learning something new though, and it's this. For us to change a culture, we have to have the right attitude. We have to have the attitude that the culture can actually change. There are some people who are naturally pessimistic and some people who are naturally optimist. How many of you are naturally pessimistic? Raise your hand, anybody? I join with you, the few who admitted it. Okay, I'm, I'm sure maybe there are some of you who are, who are pessimistic. How many of you are optimistic? Raise your hand. See, some of you, I don't think, raise your hand on either occasion, all right? I think there's something going on here. Maybe you're not pessimistic or optimistic. Maybe you're in the middle. I have a tendency, literally, to be pessimistic, to think the worst of things. And uh, because of that, the good part of that, you're prepared for the worst. But the unfortunate part of that is you really can have a very downer attitude a lot. And it's not really a positive influence on other people. When we think about our attitude, we need to think of it in this way. Uh, when we're faced with circumstances of life, do we feel defeated or do we feel energized? Satan wants us to feel defeated. Like when we face something big, there's no hope. We'll never be able to overcome this. And we go in our cocoon and we never come out and we never do anything positive to bring change. Where God wants us to see that and be energized to say, now we know what the problem is. God has given us the power and the ability to do something about it to bring change. Aren't you glad that God has the power to change the world? Amen. He does. And he does it through us. But we have to be people who stop having the attitude of defeat and start having the attitude of energy, of hope that God can use us. We also know that this happens not only just because of circumstances that we face in life, situations that we face, but many times it's our attitude toward each other. Some people think the worst of people, others think the best of people. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't think you'll be honest. How's that? Okay. 
Maybe you would. Maybe you would. But it's really easy for me many times to think the worst again. Maybe it's that pessimism in me where we need to be thinking in the right way. Because if we think the worst of people all the time, it's easy for us to get down on people and to begin judging people rather than think the best of even if there are challenges in their life, they also have the ability to change. So do you think the worst or do you, or, or do you think the best? Let's look at an example of that today. Let's take a look at the screens. Oh. <sighs> 
Isn't that great? It's just awesome. Um, just in case you didn't get it, the cookies were his cookies, not her cookies. So he, she was taking his cookies. And you can uh, just see the whole attitude shift where she changed her attitude about uh, this kid. I want you to remember one little part of this because when she went back and flashback to figure out what had happened, before she sat down, she noticed this kid, this young man, listening to the stereo, dressed the way he was, and she shook her head before she sat down. She already made a judgment about him before she sat down. And that judgment followed through for him doing something that she thought was very selfish, when in fact, he was serving her. In fact, when he took the cookies out of her lap and, and put it back and ate a cookie, he didn't put the cookies next to himself. He put the cookies next to her. Yo, this is awesome. I'm getting chills thinking about what he did. What happened? She formed a judgment. She thought something about him. She had an attitude about him before she really understood the whole situation or who he really was. And that's what happens to us. So how do we change our attitude? Well, it all begins with what we think. It's so important for us to think the right things about people and to think the right things about situations, that God is powerful and he can get us through difficult circumstances, but that people, we can help bring change and that they may not be exactly who we think they are. We know the power of thinking. In fact, the Apostle Paul knew that and gave us very specific instruction about what we're to think about. And I want to read that to you this morning. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, beginning verse, in verse 8 and following. It says this. This is what he said. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble... Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever, you've, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. It all has to do with our thinking. And he is talking about making sure that you're thinking specifically, that you're thinking the right way. Because when we think the right thoughts, we do the right things. In fact, our thinking begins a process. Because we think, it changes how we react. Look at your outline sheet, number one. I want you to write down that statement that our thinking changes our reactions. In fact, our thinking begins a process that leads our behavior to change. So what do I do when I think? Let's take a look at it. When I think, it's what I believe about a person or a situation. So when I think, it's the same thing as I believe. I think this about you, or in other words, I believe this about you. And we need to be very careful about what we think regards to the situation and regards to a person. And there are two very important questions that we need to ask. The first question is this, is it true? Is what I think about you true? Or am I making an assumption about you? Because if I'm making an assumption, I'll make a, I'll make a decision related to my assumption rather than making a decision because of what is actually true. So for me to make sure that I'm interacting with people in the right way and making the right choices, I need to be thinking the right thoughts. The second question is this, not only is it true, but is it correct? Will it give me what I'm looking for? We're all in the pursuit of what? Happiness, right? We're in the pursuit of happiness. So if I choose to do this, is it going to cause me to be happy? Is it correct? 
What we know is, is that Satan wants us to believe certain things will make us happy when they really don't make us happy. He wants us to think things that are false. And he wants us to think things that are false about other people as well. Jesus had a name that he called Satan. In fact, we find this in the book of John. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says this. When he lies, he's talking about Satan. When Satan lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So Satan's wanting us to to make assumptions about people. Satan's wanting us to believe a lie that if you live your life this way, that you're going to be happy. And it's just not true. Jesus went on to say this, though. Satan is the father of lies, but God has given us his spirit and he gave the spirit a name. Look at who the spirit is. Jesus said this in John 16, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth. So now we've got the father of lies who's working against us and the spirit of truth who's working for us. So when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the what? Truth. So he's not telling us lies. He's not telling us what's false. He's telling us what's true. So how do we know what's true? Not only does God give us his spirit to help us feel and understand what is true, but he also gives us instruction. In fact, a little bit later in John 17, verse 17, Jesus said, your word is truth. That God gave us his word so that we can know how it is that we can find the truth about how we experience joy in our lives. And how it is that we're to interact and treat people around us to treat them in the right way. I mentioned it starts a process, we think, and the next thing that we do, after we think certain thoughts, we have certain feelings. You may have heard this before. On your outline sheet, it says this, I feel. So what happens? Not only I think, I feel. I emotionally respond to what I think about the person or situation. We saw this very specifically in this older lady. He eats the cookie. She thinks it's his. It's his. She made an assumption, and what did she do? She responded because of what she thought about him. She got angry. Y'all saw it, right? She got angry at this young man because of her beliefs, and that's what happens. Because of what we think, we start having certain feelings. There are actually two really important emotions, two really important feelings that we need to consider. I call these spiritual emotions, and you may not think of them as emotions, but they really are emotions. They're feelings. It's something that that we sense in our heart or or we feel as we approach life. In James chapter chapter 4, verse 6, we read about these two emotions. It says this, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. There are those people who are proud and those people who are humble. I feel pride. It's a feeling, a feeling of pride. Or I can feel humble. I can feel a sense of humility. We read about this more in Philippians chapter 2. We read before from Philippians a couple of chapters earlier. It says this, Paul wrote, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, do nothing out of pride. That's what pride is. Rather, in humility, there's the other, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. So it's not about how you're affecting me. It's about how I am positively affecting you. These two spiritual emotions become the foundations of other emotions that we feel. Let me explain. 
Let's talk about the emotion, the spiritual emotion of pride. Let's take a look at it. If I feel prideful, this is how I respond. I can respond with anger, which she did in the little short. Anxiousness, bitterness, jealousy over someone, and depression when things don't go my way. That last phrase is important because it's all about what I get. It's all about what I want because that's what pride is. So when things don't get my way and you get in the way, I'll become angry at you. You'll make me anxious. I'll become jealous of you because you're getting attention that I want. I'll become depressed. All of these different things come out of us. So what does that say to us? If I'm feeling these secondary emotions, anger, depression, uh, anxiety, jealousy, bitterness, these types of feelings, where does it come from? from. It very well may come from my sense of pride because my life has become about me and about what my desires are to, to get everything that I want. But when we look at the opposite of this, we see the healthy emotion of humility. Let's take a look at it. I can feel humble. I respond with reliance, peace, and joy when I trust in God's way. The first one was things don't go my way. But now the attention is not about things going my way. Now the attention is put on things going God's way. Completely different. What happens? There's reliance. Reliance is actually emotion. I feel reliance. I, can, I feel like I can rely on you. It's an emotion. Which means this, if I face some big situation or circumstance in life that I feel is too big for me to handle, I may get angry or depressed or those type of things. But if I face those things with God and rely on him, I don't experience that. I feel a sense of reliance. I'm going to rely on you, God. I'm not going to feel overcome and angry. I'm going to rely on you. And because I can rely on you, I have peace in my life. I'm not overcome by this. I have peace because I know you're with me. And then we see the other emotion of joy. And what happens is the lie that Satan says, the more you get, the happier you'll be. What God says, the more we give and the more we serve, the more joyful we'll be. So now it's not about in pride, getting what I want, getting people to serve me. Instead in humility, I put you above myself and I serve you. And when I serve you, I live with joy because that's what God created me to do. Completely different emotions. So if I've got unhealthy things going on, then what do I need to do? I need to look at myself and see what, what the cause of it is. I think, I feel, and then my behaviors start coming out. In other words, I act. So on your outline sheet, fill it in. I act out according to how I feel about a person or situation. So you do something, I get angry. Out of angry, I come against you. And when I come against you, I'm doing it to hurt you. I want to cause harm to you. There are actually two different responses that we can have depending upon whether it being pride or it being humility. If it's pride, what do we do? We harm. We harm others. Out of anger, we do this. Or out of our anxiety, we may cause more stress or whatever it may be. But we're not doing things for the benefit of others. We're doing things so that we're making ourselves feel better about who we are. And many times we do that at the expense of other people. But if I'm humble, humility is always putting other people before myself. And therefore, if I'm putting people before myself, I'm not serving myself, I'm serving them. So I do what I do to help people. That's what I do. So I look at my life, look at my behaviors. Am I a person who 
just constantly is seeming to bring harm in people's lives or causing more problems for other people? Or am I a person who's investing myself in others and I'm helping people and because of that, I'm experiencing this joy in my life? Where did it all start? I think. I think. It's all about how I think about other people. Now, I want you to, I want you to look at this in, in two different ways. We're going to get into very specific thoughts that we're to have because Paul, I just read them to you about think on these things. He just listed all of them and we're going to go through that list. But there are two different times that we need to be thinking in this. First of all, it needs to be deliberate. So that's number two on your outline sheet. I need to deliberately think. If my thinking affects my emotions and my emotions affect my behavior, then I need to deliberately make sure I'm thinking of the right thing. So in times where we're not facing difficult circumstances, in times when we're not facing struggles in our relationships, we need to be putting thoughts in our mind about what I'm supposed to live for. These are not in times of crisis. These are in times of when, when, again, these issues are not causing us to be under any pressure. I'm preparing myself for the moments when they come. So in times of this non-stress, I'm thinking about what I should be putting in my mind, thinking about the things that I should be thinking about as a habit so that when these things happen, I think the right thoughts. Here's the other occasion. It might be that you find yourself in a situation, you become angry, you become depressed, you become anxious. We need to learn a new behavior. I think, I feel, I act. And let me tell you what the behavior it is. The behavior is called stopping. You ever heard somebody say, stop and think? You ever heard somebody say that before? We need to stop and think. In fact, many people, I've shared this before, put a rubber band around their, their arm and it, it's called stop therapy. So if something, if I start feeling an emotion that is unhealthy, you pull the rubber band and it pops you. And when you pop, it pops, it hurts. And you, it reminds you, if I keep these thoughts, I'm going to hurt myself and I'm going to hurt other people. So it, it reminds us to stop and to think. It's a behavior. This is really cool because your negative emotions can be a warning sign to you that something really bad is on the horizon. And if you can train yourself to stop and think before you behave in those other ways, you can change the outcome. But you have to change your thinking. Why am I angry? Why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? Why am I jealous? Why am I bitter? Why am I feeling these things? Is it because of pride? I need to be deliberate in what I do. So let's go through what Paul said. All of these things, remember in Philippians 4, 8, 9, I'm not going to reread it. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble. And then it lists all of these things to think on these things. So let me give you some specific uh, thoughts, deliberate thoughts that we're to put in our minds in times of non-stress and times of stress when we stop and think to make sure that we're making the right decision. On your outline sheet, let's put the first one. We are to think about reality and not rely on assumptions. We are to think about what is true. That's what he said. My attitude should be, I'm going to think about what is true. In other words, we've already learned this. I'm not going to make assumptions. 
I'm not going to make assumptions, so I need to find out what's correct. There's a question associated with each one of these statements. Do I have all of the necessary information to make a proper determination? If I'm going through something, do I know enough to make the right choice in this situation? Second thing, let's fill it in. We are to think about maintaining a good reputation. It said this, whatever is noble to think about these things. Whatever is noble. What does the word noble mean? The word noble uh, simply means this. It means a person of good character. We've already had a couple of messages about this when we talked about integrity, that integrity is our character. If we're noble, we have the right character. Y'all, there's two types of characters. There's a selfish character and there's a selfless character. My character is either selfish in nature, it's about me, or my character is selfless in nature, it's about you. These are my two characters. So if I'm noble, I'm the person that's coming from the right character place of integrity. So there's a question associated with this. What is the question? Am I putting others before myself? So again, I feel angry. I'm stopped. Pop, stopping. I'm going to hurt myself. Am I putting others before myself? I'm deliberately thinking. Am I, am I putting others before myself? Or am I thinking about myself first? Here's another we are to think about the correct thing to do. What is right? What is right in this situation? The right thing to do is to help improve the lives of other people. We're to help improve other people, not to harm other people, to make their lives worse. We're to, to make their lives better. Here's the other thing that we're supposed to do. We already learned this. It's been a key principle that we've learned throughout this series. We're to treat other people the way we want to be treated. That's the true principle. In fact, there are two principles. There's a true principle. Let's rewrite that true principle down. Treat others the way I want to be treated. What is that? I'm to help other people and not hurt people. That's what we've learned. Who leads me to do that? Does the father of lies teach me to do that? Or does the spirit of truth teach me to do that? The spirit of truth teaches me to do that to treat others the way I want to be treated. Jesus actually, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, is the one who made that very statement. But there's another principle. It's the false principle. The false principle is to get as much or more than others. What do I do? I manipulate other people and I hurt other people. I harm other people. That comes from the flesh. That comes from a sense of self-centeredness. Who tells us this? Is it the spirit of truth who teaches us that? Or is it the father of lies who teaches us this? It's the father of lies. To live for the flesh, live for the moment, live for whatever it is that you get. So I need to think of what is helpful. What is the best thing for me to do in this? All we have to do is to look at our behaviors to see which of these we're living by. I, I've shared this passage with you a gazillion times. It's, it's the fruits of the Spirit. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. What I have not normally shared with you is this. Before Paul tells us what the fruits of the Spirit are, in other words, the Spirit of truth is going to lead you to behave this way before he did that, he told us what the flesh, the spirit of the flesh teaches us to do. Look at it. 
It's in that same chapter, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, they've never given witness that their lives have been changed. If we're living by any of these, y'all, it's not cool. Do I need to say that? Obviously it's not. Because the father of lies says that if you do these things, you're going to be happy. But you're not happy. Then he turns around and tells us what the fruits of the spirit are, the spirit of truth. What does it say? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. We bear with each other, even though they're jerks. That's Tim paraphrase. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There are, there is no law. That's how it is that we're to behave. So what do my behaviors say about who I am? If I'm living by the spirit, I'm living to improve them. In fact, that's the question that we ask. Will my words and actions help to improve others? Or if I'm living by this flesh, all I'm doing is trying to do things for myself. Next one. We're to think about keeping ourselves and others from being contaminated. It says this, whatever is pure, think about these things. The word pure is to be free from that which contaminates. It's a literal definition. I'm free of that which would pollute my mind, causing me to have false beliefs, which leads to the question. What is the question? Will listening to this or being involved in this cause me to believe something that is false? Am I listening to people tell me that I should be getting as much or more than I possibly can so that I can be happy? If I'm listening to people tell me this and I'm falling for this, I'm being contaminated. Am I putting myself in environments where I'm tempted to do the debauchery? That pretty much covers a lot of it. Debauchery. Don't you love that word? Debauchery. It's all this activity, all these evil activities. It basically is a good word that sums it all up. Debauchery. If you're in places where you're tempted to give into the debauchery, I would say it's a contaminating experience for you. Is the reason why I'm feeling this or giving into this temptation because of where I am? I need to stop that behavior. So we go to the next. We're to think about what appeals to the hearts and minds of others. It says this, whatever is lovely thinks about these things. The word lovely actually means that. It's what that is seen that appeals to the hearts and minds of others. That's the definition of the word lovely. So what is it that appeals to the hearts and minds of other people? They see a lifestyle that we are supposed to live. And that lifestyle is all about needs. That's the question. Let's write the question down. Is what I'm about to say or do what they need? When I do something to help people in their need, they look at what I've done and they say, you know what? That's really the right thing to do. That's how we should be living. In their mind, they know that because they would want other people to treat them the same way. They feel that in their heart. They feel this in themselves, having this sense of comfort that this is really the way in which I'm supposed to be living. This is really cool because when they see somebody who's meeting their needs, yet they know that they're meeting no one's needs, it's convicting in their spirit because they realize they're not who they're supposed to be. 
So we're supposed to live this type of life. What's the next one? Let's take a look at it. We're to think about what inspires others to approve of us and respect us. He said this, whatever is admirable, that they admire this about us. What is it that they admire about us? Look at the question. I love the question. Will people respect me for what I'm about to say or do? Will they admire me for what I'm about to say? Let me tell you what people admire. They admire you when you do the right thing. And the right thing is to meet people's needs, put others before yourself. People admire you when you say the right things, when you say what is true. And when you do both of these things in love, they do the right things, they're meeting the needs of people. They're saying what is true. They're saying the right things. They're doing these things out of love. Let me just help us understand what just happened. We are not contaminators. We're not people who are contaminating their brain, their mind, and their hearts. We're people who are helping them see how it is that we are to live with heart and mind. Let's look at the next one. We are to think about doing our best, what is excellent. Am I doing my best? The word excellent literally means that. It's living up to your potential. Am I living up to what is excellent? I, I know this is a pretty blanket statement. It's really not true of every situation, but it seems like we are in a culture of slackers sometimes. Do I have a witness out there from anyone? You just do enough to get by. This is a huge temptation. It's a huge temptation for me just to do enough to get by, especially in college, y'all. See on an exam, praise Jesus for that. You know what? I could have gotten an A. Just give me the paper, right? Just get me out. Just enough to get by. That's not God's plan for us. God's plan for us is to do our very best. Am I doing my best in this situation? That's the question. It's just the same question. Am I doing my best? And here's the final one. We're to think about living a life that others approve of. It's the final statement. We are to think about living a life that others approve of. He used the word praiseworthy. Whatever is praiseworthy, think of these things. In other words, and we're to live a, a, a type of life would people, where people would sing our praise, where they would talk well about us because of what we do. Here's the deal. We're not to live our life to get praise because... Many people do that, and then we fall, our, fall into this other category. I need to get praise. I need to get attention for my own sense of self-worth. And again, it's about me. It's a prideful thing. It can easily be that. So listen to what I'm saying. We're not to live to get praise, but we're to live such a life where people would praise us. We're to live such a life where people would be talking well about us because of our behavior and not talking badly about us because of our behavior. So when you look at yourself and you had an expectation of people talking about you to others, would you expect them to say good things because of the good things that you've done? Or would you expect them to say bad things because of the bad things that you've done? It all gets back to what we think. We think we feel, we act. The problem is we live in a culture where a lot of people are only thinking about themselves, which leads to hurtful feelings of anger and resentment and all of these issues that just bring out this evil behavior of coming against each other. Wouldn't it be awesome if we actually 
thought the truth about other people? Let, let me give you some truth to think about other people. Here's some truth. Even if you are a rock and roll young kid listening to some music, sitting on a bench and texting, you still have value, right? If we treat people like they don't have value, we're making an assumption that this person doesn't have value. Every person has value. That's the truth. Just because people behave badly, which by the way, he didn't, but just because people behave badly doesn't cause them to lose their value. God wants us all to feel like we're loved. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. What is God saying to you? Are you part of the solution for culture? Or are you causing stress in the culture? Are you preparing yourself in times of no stress to be thinking the right things? This is how I should be. Just get in a habit of thinking this way when situations happen. Or maybe you find yourself where you've been really angry or experiencing these unhealthy emotions. It's time to stop and to replace those negative thoughts with something that is true. God loves us even though we don't deserve it. And we need to remember that. And God loves people who hurt us even though they don't deserve it. And they can see that love through us. What difference are you making in the culture? It might be that you've been living for things that are temporary to get as much as you can for your happiness. That's a lie from Satan. It will never work. You're trying to save yourself by what you do. But the reality is we can't save ourselves. The reality is we're imperfect and we need somebody who loves us in, in our imperfection. And that's what God did in sending Jesus who gave himself on the cross to die for our sins, to be crucified so that we could be forgiven of what we've done. Some of you don't have a relationship with God and today is the day you need to give your life to him. In the back of this room, there's a single door with a glass window. There'll be someone back there in just a moment. One of our counselors, we'd love to talk to you. If you don't have a relationship with God, to talk to you about confessing your sins, praying to God about your sin and asking for forgiveness and accepting what Jesus did for you on the cross, just praying those things to him. We'd love to help you in this relationship. It might be today that you're a Christian, but your life's a mess. And maybe God's used something today to penetrate your heart. As I pray, I want to encourage you to pray about your condition. Father, thank you so much for what you've said and taught us today. God, help us to get our heads on right, our thoughts on right, to be thinking the correct things, to stop the assumptions, God, and start living by the truth to help people see they're valuable. God, help us to see our behavior of debauchery or whatever it may be that's self-centered, God, and help us to be people who long to touch the hearts and lives of others through living out your spirit of patience and kindness and humility, God. To be people who are faithful, to be people uh, who are self-controlled, God, who are encouraging people to know the truth of who you are. Use us, God to bring change. And I pray this in Jesus' name.